0: And we're back. This is part 2 of Hannah's bicycle huandao. Uh, if you missed part 1, please go back and listen to that first, of course. But we're continuing with her bicycle journey leaving Pingdong up the mountains over to Taidong next. What's going to be in store?
1: I mean, honestly, some of those steep hills up, it's like just force your way through it and then you have so many kilometers of downhill to make up for it which is um when we were crossing from ping dong to Taidong, it was steep steep uphill for a while and we kept being like are we there yet are we there but we gotta be there yet um and it was never there yet until we finally were and then from there it was just oh my god so beautiful smooth sailing straight downhill yeah. for Yep. 10, 15 kilometers where it's continuous downhill.
0: They rerouted um, the big trucks to go on the second road. So that road, yeah. I assume you took, um, isn't full of dangerous 18 wheelers anymore, which is great.
1: Well, we actually um, took the road from Hengchen to uh, Mudan.
0: That is, the, is that the 199?
1: It is the one ninety nine, yeah, and
0: it's so much more beautiful. It, that is a beautiful road. That is a beautiful road. Um, that was the one that you unfortunately got turned around on on one of your walking trips, right?
1: Yes, I wanted to walk that road, and the road was closed for repairs the day that I did it. And I walked all the way over to the base of the road, only to find that it was closed when I got to Mudan. Yeah.
0: So, and then you like you you had to get turned around like several hours, right?
1: Uh, yeah, that would have been, if I had walked it, it would have been something like an 18-hour delay. Um, I ended up hitchhiking back and then restarting on the 200 instead of the 199. That is crazy. Like, like
0: there, there, there's there's sometimes where, like, you see a sign like, oh, the road's closed. But, like, around that part of the country, like, no, the road's closed means, like, this road is visibly impassable. You cannot walk, bike, or drive this you're, or unless you're going to be falling on – dirt and like steel rebar.
1: There was no sign. I got all just, the all the way to the base of the road. There was no sign. They did not sign that the road was closed.
0: And then they just assumed locals would know like, oh the roads is gonna be like
1: Uh yeah, I guess possibly if you got farther up there uh, possibly the section they were working on had a sign saying the road was closed, but, um, it was only when a local pulled over to ask me where I was going and say that you can't get through to Taidong from there. Yeah, no, cause there were no signs, which actually, you know, once bitten twice shy, I did actually, um, ask a Taiwanese friend to Google and make sure that it, that section of road would be open. Cause I was not willing to go through that again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So you're now cruising down the. That's uh, not the number nine, unless it is the number nine. Into not quite the nine
1: yet. Yeah.
0: Um, and now you're you're in like Da Ren or da Wu townships in Taidong. You guys just is it still like no. daytime? You're still kind of going.
1: Uh, no, we because um, the thing off? was we went we stayed at the um, aquarium the night after um, Kanding, or like we had done the south coast and then backtracked to the aquarium. And so we did the overnight experience at the aquarium where you spend the night like with the yeah. fish, like sleeping in the tunnel under the fish tank, which is fantastic. But the experience doesn't end till 11 a.m. There's really? really no weird. Yeah. And then And then you've got free entry to the museum for the rest of the day to enjoy the rest of the exhibits, which we would have liked to do. Except that we really wanted to get across the Taidong that night. So we yeah. did keep going across the Taidong that night, but it meant that we had to stop in Darren. Like we it was five PM, five thirty PM by the time we like went down that hill into Darun, which is the very first town uh, that you get yeah. to.
0: Darren's uh, all convenience stores and gas stations. It's just it just caters to commuters
1: yeah, it's exactly that. Just it's just a truck stop on the side of the road for people crossing the island. And yeah. uh, but there was a very nice little um, place to stay. So we ended up just calling them up and getting a place to stay that night, which was great. So basically, we crossed crossed that mountain. that was I wouldn't say it was a super difficult day. It's just like we hadn't slept that well in the aquarium
0: yeah you're sleeping under fish how how well can you sleep
1: yeah we hadn't slept that well in the aquarium we'd had a super late start um there were pretty much no opportunities to get meals on the road because it's just mountains We, we rolled into um darren starving hungry and absolutely exhausted and and i think yeah also all our clothes were filthy because we hadn't been able to do laundry because the previous day had been uh, at the aquarium and there's no laundry facilities. So pretty much just did laundry, food from one of the truck stops, delivered to the hotel and fell asleep, that's all we did.
0: Was it tough getting vegan food in most of these places? Not that difficult.
1: Um, I expected it to be difficult. Um, There were times on the walking trip when I did have problems finding vegan food. But the difference, I guess, is that on a bicycle, it's just like you have more opportunities. There are more places to stop because you're doing more kilometers yeah. in a day. You know, if you're doing yeah. 80 kilometers in a day, you're likely to come across a vegan restaurant somewhere in there. Whereas if you're doing 30 kilometers in a difficult day, you're not as likely to hit a vegan restaurant.
0: On the walking tour, going to be ending your day in like maybe in like a smaller town that might. Again, if if it does have a restaurant, you're going to have to, like, just ma- verify that they're not going to add little mini shrimp to your vegetables.
1: And there were a couple of times where I forgot to verify and, you know, there ended up being braised pork over the steamed vegetables that didn't say there would be braised pork in them or whatever, you know. Yeah. Most of the time yeah. it was fine but every now and again it didn't occur to me that I had to point out like don't put braised pork in my steamed vegetables yeah uh, I think there were two times that I really struggled to find food out of 20 days so two meals where I really couldn't find a good thing to eat so that's not the end of the world
0: out of 16 meals it's not not that bad
1: yeah no really not that bad so uh, yeah I had no problem really with finding meals like yeah being vegan wasn't really a difficulty um I mean there were there were a fair number of days where we ate at 7 Eleven.
0: Um so so you're now headed north to Taidong after you're all rested up at the gas station town of Dao Ren.
1: Yeah yeah and yeah we ended up deciding not to go into Taidong itself but rather just to Good sort of choice rush through and get on to the um uh, what's it called the East Rift Valley Road. Yeah, so we really didn't get very far past Taidong, like really only maybe 5 or 8 kilometers out of Taidong that first night.
0: Taidong City is only halfway between it's it's halfway down the county like like the southern part of the county is actually quite long.
1: It's very long, yeah. So we were hoping to get somewhere interesting. And we had also talked about like, should we maybe take another rest day and like take the ferry to Green Island and that kind of stuff. But, you know, we just kind of felt like pushing on because um, we didn't want to delay Southeast coast of the island because we wanted to make sure that we weren't doing uh, Hualien and Taroko on a weekend.
0: Good point, good point. Yeah, Taroko really does kind of get all gummed up with tour buses on the weekend.
1: Yeah, so we decided not to take a rest day. We decided just to push on and go. But at this point, like, our last rest day where we hadn't biked was Alishan. And now we were at, like, six days without a rest day. I mean, Because
0: your rest days keep turning into, like, really eventful big days where you do a bunch of stuff because you're hanging Well, are...
1: yeah, like, so Alishan was still a day where we did a bunch of hiking. But then also the Shaliocho rest day had, had to have 50 kilometers of biking as well.
0: Yep, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we stayed at, you know, some tiny side of the road thing, you know, just slightly north of Taidong City and then kept going. Where I think it was that day where we kept going and just my legs just would not do it. Like we had talked about, like, where do we want our next rest day to be? Um, maybe we wanted to, it to be around raceway and we could go whitewater rafting. Maybe we wanted it to be not till Mm, we got to Qualia, right? Like whitewater rafting would have been cool. Yeah. We started riding and my legs just physically, like I couldn't do it. Like I think, yeah, at that point, I think it was like seven or eight days since we had had a rest day. I was looking at the road and my mind and my eyes agreed that the road was flat and easy. Like here we are, we are in the like East Rift Valley. It's between two mountains. The wind is not blowing, which we heard it would be. Uh, the wind is not blowing against us. Like it is flat and windless and should be easy. And but... like I was wearing a smartwatch that was telling me my heart rate and my heart rate was up at like 160 as I was writing, 160 beats per minute. And That's really
0: high. That's really. That's high. really
1: high, and I was going like six kilometers per hour, at that speed. Your, yeah, your my body was, was telling pacing. you to I was slow riding,
0: down.
1: I was riding all out, and I was going at six kilometers an hour, and I just turned to Owen, and I was just like, "There is no way we're making it to Raceway, which would have been a hundred kilometers." Like I hey, was Reishway like, "Raceway is
0: pretty far up there. That, that, that's past Uli, right?"
1: Yeah. I was like, there's no way we're making it. Yeah, we decided we were making it as far as Luye, and I was not even riding the bicycle to the highland. I was stopping. There's a Luye Hot Springs, I think 12 kilometers from where we started out that morning. And I was like, we are getting a Hot Springs hotel. I am soaking my legs, and then we're taking a taxi to Luye Highland. Okay.
0: I actually did not know that there was a Hot Springs in Luye
1: yeah, there is. There is. Um so yeah, we like stayed at a hot springs hotel um which was fantastic. Like both of us really needed the rest day. And yeah. the hotel we stayed at was a fancy hotel and I've got that in air quotes as well. It was a it was a fancy hotel. They had like a restaurant, they had a spa with massages. Um they had like a pool out front with hot springs water but they also had like an upstairs like naked separate sexes japanese style spa yeah um but we failed to realize that like because it was the off-season their restaurant was closed except for dinner and Uh, when it was open for dinner it was a thousand per person to eat
0: that's that's Uh, a lot for a taidong especially
1: that's a lot of money yeah but they were also super nice to us in terms of like they stored our bicycles for us. They hired us a taxi to take us to where we wanted to go up to the Highland. Yeah. we um actually went um paragliding up at the Lule. Lule nice highland. cause, you know, you know me, I can't just take a rest day and sit down,
0: Of course not. you You can't just like go to the Highland and, like, watch the hot air balloons you have to like oh my legs are still on fire but i'm gonna go up in a paraglider
1: yeah yeah so i mean that well there were no hot air balloons because it's not during their hot air balloon festival um
0: okay
1: oh we got some uh fireworks going on behind me i don't know if you can hear them
0: uh it's fine um
1: but anyway yeah so we went to the liye highland and we had like we had been debating did we want to go paragliding or did we want to go whitewater rafting? So that was our backup plan. If we didn't make it to Raceway, was we would go paragliding instead, which ended up being a fantastic idea because basically, you know, we took a taxi up there, dropped us off. It was ridiculous. Like we just go up to the people and say, like, hey, we want to go paragliding. They take our money, show us a little safety video. The safety video in english was just like when we say run you run don't stop when we say run and then you take off okay and that was the essence of their safety video in english was
0: just like that's the essence of safety right run when you're supposed to run and that's it
1: yeah but i was like what about landing and they're like don't worry about landing Which, you know, I was a little worried about landing because, you know, I would think that taking off is probably less dangerous than landing when you're in a parachute,
0: on a parachute, like paragliding thing. Yeah, landing is, well, you know what they say, right? They say like, you know, uh, if your parachute doesn't open, you have the rest of your life to figure out what to do.
1: That's true. That is true. Um, But anyway, so they put us in this little minivan and i swear it's the intern is driving us to the top of this other mountain uh to drop us off and he is just flooring it on this gravel road snaking up this mountain um no wider than the minivan and it's just yeah well the same as the road to mingju reservoir in terms of like um switchbacks all the way up except it's gravel and it's straight uphill and we're just sitting there like white knuckle gripping uh, what I call the oh shit bars on the side of the minivan. Yep. And
0: um, you're, and you're, probably, you're just praying there's not going to be another car coming down, right?
1: Yeah, I'm praying there's not going to be another car coming down. But like um, the guys who are about to be our tandem partners on the um, paragliders are just sort of, you know, like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, it's only used for paragliders this road. So there's probably no cars coming down, which was very reassuring. Um, and we get up there and yeah, just like they said, they strap you into the paraglider. You're attached to your tandem partner and then they're just like, okay, run and don't stop until I say you can stop. So I run and I take off and we're like flying way up high in the sky. Like how did your legs uh,
0: do on the running though?
1: No, they were fine. Running is a different feeling than biking. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it was fine. I, I ran, when he said, ran when he said run. It was no problem. We caught an updraft, and we ended up being, like, a kilometer above the highland. So, like, wow. well above the valley floor. And, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we're at least 1,000 meters up, and we're, like, looking. Uh, Owen was right behind me, but they did not catch the updraft, so they were skimming the treetops, which, Ooh. you know. Here I am, like, way high, looking down at them, just, like, skimming the treetops, being like, you know, Owen gave me his mom's contact number just in case, like, (laughs) he gets in an accident and I have to call and tell her that he's in the hospital, and I really hope today's not that day.
0: Right, Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, but anyway, it was a great little flight, maybe, like, I don't know, 10 minutes up in the air.
0: Could you actually see all the way to the ocean?
1: Um, well, no, because you're in the valley between two mountain ranges. So. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: going to say, like, you have the, the, the high on East Coast mountains, but then, like, they're tall, but they're not, like, super tall.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it was a little bit gray that day, so we could see, um, basically I saw, like, to the edge of the mountains on either side, but no farther than okay. that. And then I saw well up the valley where I was able to, like, sort of trace the bicycle route up the valley and be like, oh, yeah, that's where we're going.
0: Yeah, you're probably able to see Guanshan, Chishang, and maybe to Yuli if you can get far enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really see as far as that. I definitely saw as far as Chushan, but not much farther, okay. but yeah. Cool. And then, like, you know, we circled around a few times and landed and that kind of stuff, and that was great. And then we soaked in the hot springs, and that was fantastic.
0: You guys are really, like, living it up.
1: We'd spend a little bit of extra money to, like, have some good experiences while we were out there to like just sort of make this like the highlights of Taiwan tour.
0: Yeah, definitely. So after the hot springs and after the rest day, were your legs like back to normal?
1: Yeah, they actually were. Like with the best will in the world, our average over the day, including rest stops and stuff, was never faster than 10 kilometers an hour.
0: Like So yeah, that's a steady pace. It's not crazy fast, but it's steady.
1: Yeah, like generally at any given time, I was probably riding at about 18 kilometers an hour. There were times when we were going like 20, 22 on a flat bit of land. There were times when we were going closer to 12 or 14 on a hill um, and then like 45 going downhill. But like when you combined it with stopping at 7-Eleven for drinks and water and like, you know, stopping at a restaurant for lunch and stuff, it always ended up like if we rode for nine hours, we did 90 kilometers. If we rode for seven hours, we did 70
0: kilometers, you know? Was it ever kind of tough, like, keeping pace with Owen? Like, you guys hadn't biked much together before, and I don't know how how strong of a cyclist he is. Was it ever, like, tough to kind of, like, match to this pace?
1: Not really, actually. We tended to just work really well together for that, um, yeah. which was pure pure luck, I guess. We had done one practice ride from Taipei to Lee. Um was the only practice ride we did. Okay. Um you know, which that's is about 30 kilometers, I think. Um yeah, so we do done, done one practice ride of thirty kilometers and that was the only time we'd exercised together before.
0: That that's great. That there was no like, you know, you really wanted to just kinda of go gung ho this whole day and he wanted to slow down or whatever. You guys kind of worked together well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like there was some teasing of like hustle, hustle, you know, from him to me being like, oh, you got to hustle. We got to pick up the pace if we're going to get to destination this evening. But there really weren't any times where either of us felt that the other was slowing us down or that, you know, the other wanted to go farther than we wanted to go or any like thing like that. Like there was, the day after our rest day was actually a really miserable end of the day. Um, so the day after that one I just told you about. Yeah, we had decided we were gonna get to Raceway come her- hell or high water because we wanted to make it to the gate of Taroko by the day that the schedule said. Like we okay. had written up this schedule that we had agreed was tentative but Owen was like, yeah, but I really don't want to get to Taroko later than that because then we're going to get weekend traffic. Like, it our is schedule a fair, would point. Have
0: a, is a fair point.
1: Yeah. So we decided we absolutely had to get to Raceway that next night, which was, again, now, like, 95 kilometers because we had only done 10 from when it was going to be
0: 100 and some. Um, yeah, like, the, the distances on the East Coast, like, they don't really look that far on the map, but, like, it really can be that
1: pretty far and i mean like that area there around Chushang and stuff is supposed to have like you know you can like ride along the bike route parallel to the highway but we got on that bike route parallel to the highway and then it turns out like it's fenced on both sides so you can't get off it and then it turns around and u-turns
0: that's weird
1: yeah so then we were like well shit now we're stuck on a road going the wrong direction until it finally has an intersection with another road, like in three, four or five kilometers from now. Um, So there were a few like that where we were just like, okay, forget it. We're just riding on the highway from now on. And that's when the rain started. And it just, yeah, then it started raining and, you know, then we're riding through mud and we're both like, just absolutely coated in mud. I had a spare pair of shoes like i had a pair of shoes and a pair of sandals and so i could switch out like you know if my shoes were wet i could wear sandals or vice versa if it was raining but owen had only brought a pair of runners and then a pair of flip-flops for like going to the beach or whatever that he really didn't want to ride a bike in right yeah so basically his shoes were wet his clothes were wet he was wet and they're really yeah now we're riding and it's cold and it's wet and it's windy it wasn't that windy, but it was a little windy. And it, It's um,
0: it's surprising how much heat you lose from wet shoes, actually. It kind of chills yeah. your whole body. It always kind of surprises yep. me.
1: Yeah, and so, like, we were looking up, like, places to stay in Reishue, and, you know, about three kilometers outside of town, once again, there was a hot springs. And so we were yep. like, okay, if we could just push through, we'll get to a hot springs, and, like that would be really nice to soak in a hot springs that night right like that would definitely help after being so chilled we are soaked and once again i'm still a little slow on the hills at the end of the day like my legs are not quite as recovered as i'd like them to be and like it's getting to the end of the day and it's already dark and we still haven't quite found a place to stay like we're it gets dark at 6 p.m and it was like
0: if you guys left to like Just after New Year's Day, it would be getting dark by like
1: 5.30. Yeah, yeah, like it's getting dark early. So we like pull up to the hot springs area. And I mean like, you know, Google Maps shows that there's like four hotels in this hot springs area. So we pull up to the biggest one and the lights are on. We walk up to the door and the door does not open. Uh, Google Maps says they're open, but there's clearly nobody here yeah so then we phone up the second place and they're um fully booked so mm. then we phone up the third place and they answer the phone and say that like we can go there and check in yes they're available so you know we go there the automatic door opens and nobody comes to the front desk
0: and right so you just so- in a hotel just Yeah, we're in a hotel, the hotel, standing hotel at the front desk, yeah.
1: dripping with water, just absolutely soaked. And, like, somebody's phoned, like, somebody's answered the phone and said that they will check us in. But, like, you know, we're waiting, like, three or four minutes. Okay, maybe they're, like, cleaning a room, right? Like, maybe they're changing the bedding and they'll be down in a second. And, like, we're yeah. getting more worried about this. And so then I start, like, getting on Google Maps and looking up other places to stay and making more phone calls. And eventually, some dude pulls up on a scooter, and he's like, you know, well, I'm not the owner, I'm the owner's neighbor, and she's gone to Hualien for the weekend, but you guys can stay anyway. And she just, like, left the hotel
0: unlocked. Um, <laughs> Do you remember the one time we got a campground in Fushing Township, and we talked to who we thought was the owner? but yeah really, really talkative guy who was totally comfortable showing us around the place, talking with us in Chinese for like what seemed like over an hour. And at the end of it all, he probably wasn't the owner of the business. He just took our money. And like the, the, yep. the next day, the the who we assume was the owner and the owner's daughter confronted us and said, well, you haven't paid yet. Like, no, yes, we have. And then we're like, so like, no, no, you haven't. Like, yeah, we gave it to the guy last night. And they started getting, like, really kind of, like, almost defensive. Like, well, who did you give it to? I'm like, I don't know. The, the guy who talks a whole lot, who was here last night. And at the end, they kind of, like, went to the side and, like, had a conversation. I'm like, this is really weird. Like, it wasn't that much money in the first place, but it's, like, it was an eerie feeling. Like, you thought yeah. they were the owner. Because they're showing us how to turn on the electricity. They're showing us the fridge, the the barbecue place, the bathroom, where you can go crab fishing. But in the yeah. end, it's like, wait, maybe this person wasn't working here at all. So yeah. did you stay there?
1: We did stay there. Yeah. At that point, like we were soaking wet and chilled. Like we had already. Like, just as he pulled up, I was just on the phone with another place three, four kilometers away that were saying that, yes, they had availability and somebody was there right now. But then this guy pulled up, so I was like, I'll call you back, and never did. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we were the only people staying there. And then also, as it turned out, there was no way to get food except to ride our bikes a further three kilometers into town.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh that's, that's tough.
1: Yeah, but I mean, anyway, we did st- hot springs was what we needed because yeah it was like a hot hot springs tub in the room and we just took turns like soaking in the tub until we'd both warmed up in the end like all the way up the east coast if there was a hot springs available we stayed at a hot like Owen w- wouldn't admit that his body was tired but like he was definitely as tired as I was
0: yeah because like like the, the east coast it's beautiful but it's not the easiest riding in the world
1: yeah and i mean and that's when the weather started turning And we started getting a little bit more rain, and especially at the end of the day, now it's getting cold, now it's getting rainy at the end of the day. Um, The most frustrating day in terms of, we rode a really long distance, we were cold, like our fingers were numb. We ended up going to Bafang Dumplings for dinner. They had sold out of everything vegan that they sell.
0: Um, So they couldn't
1: make me anything vegan, so I ended up getting this... Sad, lukewarm lunchbox, which was the last lunchbox from the only vegetarian place in town.
0: Oh, Um, sorry.
1: Yeah, and Owen got dumplings from Bafang Dumplings, but his hands were so cold that he literally couldn't operate chopsticks. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. He he tried just eating with his fingers, eating in at Bafang, just like picking up the dumplings with his fingers, and his hands were shaking too much to do that either. So could
0: he use a spoon? We
1: we didn't try. We ended up like I went over and asked the people working there for a to go box and we ended up taking it to go. And he soaked in the tub and then had lukewarm dumplings later.
0: It's all part of the experience.
1: Yeah. And so that was our most frustrating, probably our most difficult day mentally, where I felt like he was definitely on the verge of being like, that's it. I refuse to do this anymore or whatever which he didn't and we were fine the next day and yeah. the next day was fantastic because the next day we rocked up to Hualien. Yeah, and we went to um, that place with the pulled pork. Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, we went to Salt Lake barbecue where I went to Salt Lake and ordered a salad and Owen got a huge pile of pulled pork with three side dishes in addition to his pulled pork meal. The the waitress was like I don't even know our menu doesn't have a way for you to get three side dishes on your meal. And he was like, just make it happen. That's what I want.
0: (laughs) I mean, like it it is arguably the best barbecue American barbecue in Taiwan. And it's all the way in Hualien, like, which is a city of roughly 200,000 in terms of the full area. Whereas, you know, Taipei is six and a half million. And it's like, why isn't there an amazing American barbecue option here? It's a huge city. It's Just Hualien has it.
1: Well, I mean, that's where the dude who makes amazing barbecue moved.
0: Um, exactly, exactly. It just—it always—it just makes me laugh. I—I I, I miss Salt Lake. I—I oh, want to go to Hualien.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had we had a great meal there, and then we went on to uh, the Gate of Taroko. Um, nice. Which we had agreed we were going to stay at the Gate of Taroko so that we could like go the following day and explore Taroko and not have the crowds. We pull yeah. up to, um, oh, you know that uh, hotel right at the gate of Taroko. that's a hotel hostel. I was going to ask,
0: you must have stayed at the Liwu Hotel, right?
1: Yeah, Liwu Hotel, yeah. Yep. Um, we pull in there, again, the automatic door opens, and we go into the lobby and nobody's there. But there's like, <laughs> you know, a little card on the front desk saying, you know, if you need service, please phone this phone number. So I call the phone number and I speak to the guy, and he's like, do you see, like, a wall full of lockers of, like, oh, you know, little boxes? Oh, my goodness.
0: He's, he's going to have right? you check yourself in?
1: Yep. He's like, yeah. Do you see the <laughs> row full of lock boxes? I'm like, yeah. He's like, go to room 401. Here's the password for the lockbox for room 401. And the key is inside. Thank you. There you go. There's your key. Um, check yourself in. You're in room 401 and there will be a, um, you know, there'll be somebody there in the morning to make breakfast for you and they'll take your money.
0: Like, like they just, they don't know who you are. It's their business. You could be anybody and they just trust you to check yourself in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, like he gave me the password to this like deposit box for the key, which I could. You could have taken
0: all the keys.
1: I could have taken all the keys. I mean, like there was a different password for every one but it was very easy to tell what the password would be for each one because it was clearly following a pattern um Ooh, funny yeah so anyway i checked myself in we checked ourselves in we uh did that we took the next day we rented a scooter from the train station uh nearest Taroko, and we like yep. went up and scored to Rocco. it was raining so we're glad we didn't get a truck to drive our bicycles up there you know which Okay. Owen said was because exploring Taroko would be better on scooter, but I swear it's just because he was too tired to ride on another day.
0: biking Taroko, I'm sure would be a great experience, but if you only have one day to explore the bulk of the park, it's not the most like economical in terms of like, yeah, covering the entire park. So I get yeah. it, but also like, yeah, he must have been tired as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he denied being tired, but, like, you know, I can see your face, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. The following day was a rest day, except that I was driving on a scooter the whole day, so it was less restful
0: mm-hmm. than one would hope,
1: but it was still restful. So
0: you guys didn't rent two scooters?
1: Uh, no, no, he doesn't drive.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Well, memory, right? Like, you need a driver's license to rent a scooter, mostly.
0: Oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm sure they're, they're actually following through with those laws, um, in most places in Taiwan.
1: I mean, like I did last time I was in Hualien and renting scooters, I did rent two scooters on one license and let my dad use one.
0: But then again, the, then you're liable for anything that happens uh, to the other scooter.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like yeah. I don't know Owen well enough to know whether he's a good driver or not. But anyway, so yeah, we, we, we rode around on the scooter. Like I was the driver. He was the passenger. We explored. It was good. Um, I'm glad the tunnel of fi- nine turns is finally open because it wasn't open the first several yeah. times I went.
0: That hasn't been open, the, that closed before I moved to Taiwan in 2012. I have never seen it. I really want to go back there and check it out. Like, how it's is been it open different? the
1: last two times I've gone, so
0: it is really? it is open now. I guess I just haven't been to Taroko in a while. How does it compare to Swallow Grotto? It
1: is more impressive in terms of you have a little bit more space to really get a view. It's not quite the same like your stomach drops as you just look at how far up and down it goes straight up and down. It's not quite that. Um,
0: So so, they're they're different
1: experiences and they're both worth it. That's the thing. So that was really nice to see that one. Um, I mean, it was raining by the time we got to uh, Tianchang village. So we did not go further to the waterfall that we usually do.
0: The Bayang huh. waterfall with the... Yeah, water? Bayang
1: waterfall. Yeah, yeah. We didn't go as far as Bayang just because it was already raining. And like, you know, that little 7-Eleven in that village there. Yeah. So what? They had nothing on the shelves. Absolutely nothing on the shelves. Um, of
0: course not. Because they're they're not even a full 7-Eleven, I don't, I don't think.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were absolutely tiny. like I got uh, hand warmers because we needed hand warmers. It was winter and it was cold. It was- there were none on the shelves where I had to, you know, ask the lady who was unpacking a box if there were hand warmers in that box somewhere. And she went to the back and found a box and got hand warmers out for me because I was like, yeah, it was cold and it was rainy and it was winter and it was like definitely necessary. Yeah, and then like the next day, um, so the official guide to doing a bicycle hondao in Taiwan says that from Taroko, You get on the train, and you get off at Elon, and you finish the trip from there.
0: Um, Elon? Well, you can get off at Sumau.
1: Yeah, no, but it says, like, get on train and get off at Elon, and then continue the trip from there. And we were like, you know, but from Taroko, the road north says bicycle route.
0: Really? Okay, so, like, eventually the road becomes impassable for bicycles. But I know that you could no. go north north to at least Chongda station before the road gets all tunnel-y.
1: The road gets all tunnel-y straight after Choroco. But there's a sign that says number one Huandao bicycle route at the entrance to the tunnels huh. that confirms that bicycles are allowed to go there. There's, there's no, no lane. There's no bicycle lane and there's a sign at the entrance of the tunnel that says like no bicycles on the shoulder you must use the road that's weird yeah and that was probably one of the scariest parts was just we turned on our lights and we just basically raced through at full speed these really long tunnels like if you've never lived in Taiwan then or never lived in Asia like I found Korea had the same thing where these tunnels like Tunnels don't just cover like a little tiny bit of mountain tunnels just dig right through a mountain and you will be in a tunnel for like Three kilometers five kilometers some of them longer
0: I've had a handful of scooter crashes and accidents most of which were with myself, but the scariest one was when um, my back wheel ended up getting caked with mud and i was uh, spinning out in a tunnel and of course there's there's no shoulder on the tunnel so i'm i'm driving my scooter i'm i'm losing control of my scooter i'm dipping left and right on my back wheel and i'm like okay i just i, I can't control my scooter from going in the opposite lane i have to just crash so i did and i just crashed against the side of the tunnel Thank God I did, because coming around around the bend was an 18-wheeler that, cool. who knows, if I hadn't crashed in the tunnel, um, maybe it wouldn't have seen me or not, but, I mean, tunnels can be kind of dangerous that way.
1: Yeah, like tunnels in Taiwan, most tunnels in Taiwan are like cars only, not for scooters, and then the scooters yep. sort of have this side road on the outside of the mountain, it was basically like there were, I think, three super long tunnels of like two or three kilometers long. It specifically said cars and bicycles share the road. Wow. And it said that I'm really we're not- surprised. Be... I... Yeah, it said we're not allowed to be on the shoulder because the shoulder has grates which are not guaranteed to actually like put up for the weight of the tire. Yeah. Okay. And so we had to share the road with the cars. But after those three tunnels, then uh, right after Qing Shui Cliff, there's a road to the right, and the cars are continuing through the tunnels, and we are on the um, old Suhua Highway.
0: The cliff road. Beautiful. Yeah, because um, they, they redid, or they, they, not not redid, they, they built three tunnels, for cars only, much deeper into the mountains between Su Ao and Hualien. Um, on three different spots to kind of take pressure off these cliff roads, which are just drop-dead gorgeous. Um, yeah, but for a long heavy. time, we're just full of 18-wheelers bringing you know, cargo here and there. Thankfully, that's kind of done with now.
1: Yeah, that is done with now. And so we were on these roads where there was pretty much not another car for miles and miles and miles. Awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. So awesome. we were just on these roads and... They were steep. They were like,
0: yeah, going uphill.
1: You're going uphill for 20 kilometers straight of just like steady uphill climb with cliff on your right down, cliff on your left straight up, and you're just hugging the side of the mountain over the ocean all the way along, going uphill. And then when you finally get to the peak, it's like a slow, steady 15-kilometer ride down to the ocean again.
0: Yeah, and I imagine you, you were getting some pretty high speeds going down there, going down into Nan Ao and Dong Ao, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, my basically, my bicycle went a little faster on the downhill than Owen's, where, like, he was going a little faster than me on the uphill, um, and then he'd wait for me at the top, we'd check in, make sure we're both okay, and then... I'd race along down there at 45, whereas his bike seemed to wiggle a little bit more. So he was better off doing 35 or 30 on the hills down. And my bike was racing along at 45 and I'd wait at the bottom for him to catch up.
0: That's cool. That's cool. I guess, yeah, did different bike surges built differently in terms of what they can do in terms of going up and downhill?
1: Yeah, like definitely. So we- it was interesting, like on the hills. If I wasn't pedaling at all, my bike would just coast along a lot faster than Owens would if he was pedaling. Okay. Yeah, like my bike was really oh. good at just keeping its speed going. Uh, but when I was going uphill, I had to put all the effort in. Whereas his seems oh. to be easier going on the uphills, but then he actually had to put effort in on the flat and downhill. Were they- and
0: down. Did you both have hybrid bikes, or like those kind of like yeah, we city both had hybrids. Or?
1: Yeah, they were both okay. hybrid city mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So was uh, this Suhua Cliff Road like the most beautiful part of the trip you would say, or was um, does Ali Shan have a good co- competition in this department? I mean, we didn't
1: ride Ali Shan. We only right. explored it. Right? The Suha Highway was definitely up there, and one of the most beautiful ones. It's really hard to say, there were lots of roads that I really liked. I liked that um, second day going from Yali to Taijong through Dahu as one of the most beautiful roads. Suha Highway yeah. was definitely up there, and also the 199 at Mudan. Yeah, all those
0: yeah. are great places.
1: Yeah, All so those, those mountain
0: places actually.
1: Yeah, no, they were all mountain places. Like, I, the mountains have my heart. Like, I really do okay. love the um, green fields of terrace rice paddies, but it was the wrong season for them. They were all mud. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it's January. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, so, like, all the would have been green rice paddies and were on my walking trip were straight up mud this time. So they really – I didn't get the green fields – through the flat parts. So, you know, the mountains really took it away this time.
0: So, how long did it actually take you to go through the Suhua cliff roads?
1: I mean, we left Hualien in the morning, we got to, I think we did Nanao, I think we stayed at Nanao that first night, and then from Nanao, yeah, from Nanao we got to um, Jiaoxi the second day. Oh, all the way to
0: Jiaoxi, okay. So he's just plowed through the Elon Delta um, towns?
1: Yeah, we had thought about going to Elon because um, Owen has a college friend who owns a hostel in Elon. So we had thought about spending the night in Elon. But once again, the call of the hot springs and the thought of soaking our legs trumped the thought of, you know, stopping a little bit
0: earlier. Yeah, Jiaoxi being a a pretty good hot springs town.
1: Yeah. And as it turned out, um, it was really good that we stopped there when we did, because I think the very following day was when uh, there was some COVID outbreak around that town in a hotel Ooh. that was not at all, not at all in the same circles we were traveling in. Uh, the hotel okay. in Joushi that had COVID cases was $10,000 a night, as opposed to <sighs> our place, which was 1200 I think, for two people.
0: So that's the difference between like forty US dollar versus three hundred and forty US dollars.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, we, we did not pass in the same circles. Um, we like booked into our hotel room. We had a hot springs tub in the room, which once again, because we're not a couple, we took turns using. But then there was yeah. also like uh, once again we had to go out and find a laundromat and we went to like the little fish yeah. spa where You go and soak your feet in a cold water spring where there's these little goldfish that basically chew the calluses off the bottom of your feet. Oh,
0: I did that in Thailand. It was kind of weird, honestly. It tickled too much, and I I kind of stopped after a while.
1: Yeah, I am not a super fan of it. Owen thought it was fantastic. He was, like, definitely, definitely a fan of the fish chewing his feet. I I kept my feet firmly on the bottom of the ground, and, like, they could chew at the edges of my feet, but they were not actually getting my calluses.
0: I'm pretty sure, like, that there's some human, right, not human uh, animal rights issues with that because the fish are basically starved, so they will eat your feet.
1: I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, it could be, could be. I mean, like, if that's their food, that's their food. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I was just yeah. – I just don't like the feeling of it. It's kind of creepy and weird. But, you know, we yeah. went and did it because it's part of the experience. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you've hung out in Joushi. There's a little microbrewery there that um, – offers their beer on tap there's the street with all the like foot soaking hot springs pools and um if you get food from the stands on that street there's local beer there that's um they've got a rye beer they've got a wheat beer they've got a wheatgrass beer so Mm -hmm.
0: from from you said you went up to fulong and then to taipei next
1: Uh, Yeah, we do. Uh, We aimed for Fulong for lunch, and it was a weekend, so I had expected that we might, like, have problems getting a table at a restaurant in Fulong, but as it turns out, um, every restaurant that we aimed to go to in Fulong uh, was actually closed that day.
0: Really? Weird. Yeah,
1: I know. I was really surprised, but, like, you know... Um Owen had said he was wanting a burger so I was like oh yeah yeah I know two different places that serve burgers and I'm pretty sure they have a vegetarian option so like we went to the first place and they were closed and then we went to the second place and they were closed then we ended up just eating street food at the temple and I was having um, a stinky tofu from a street food vendor by the temple okay. yeah just song chopping and uh, a coffee stand and um yeah, stinky tofu, and that was it. Yeah, That's from Fulong to the next long. place, we ended up getting basically to Jilong.
0: Oh, all the way up there, so, okay.
1: Yeah, it started raining when we were leaving Fulong, and I had been looking for a place to stay along the coast, but all of them were uphill, basically, along near Jofun and stuff. And yeah,
0: yeah, you don't want to take a bike up there.
1: I really didn't want to take a bike up a steep, steep, steep mountain. So we were like just holding out until we got to um, some place to stay on the coast. And literally, the first place to stay on the coast, like we were drenched. I pulled over in a town that didn't have anything marked on Google Maps, assuming that there would be some place that wasn't on Google Maps to stay. And they were like, no, right on, there is nothing yeah but anyway so i I did ride on and like i called up a place that was the first place marked on google maps and i asked if i could stay there and they said yes so you know we ride over there and i don't know like uh, if you've stayed at places in small towns but like mom and pop's grocery store where there's like you know a fridge and like a dusty old shelf with a few goods there but like you know canned goods and a fridge selling like a couple of bottles of beer and that was about it.
0: And you get like a lot of these like old-fashioned snacks that even 7-Eleven doesn't sell anymore and you wonder how this shop still gets them. I know that I know exactly what you mean and it's always really awkwardly dark right?
1: Yeah yeah exactly right and so I pull in and I'm like is this actually the Minsu that's advertised on Google Maps? And the lady's like, oh, yeah, 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 it is. And she pours us, like, a cup of boiling water in a paper cup for us to warm up while she gets her husband. And we go upstairs, and holy crap, Joseph, it is the most beautiful place I have stayed at. Really? It, It is modern. It has got a clawfoot bathtub that... Owen's, I forget how tall he is, six foot four, six foot five frame fits in. It's got like a living room with bookshelves and a sofa bed and like the full queen size bed as the main bed. It's got a balcony overlooking the ocean. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous room. Um,
0: send, which me, was- send me the uh, location on maps. I want to see this place. Like, And yeah. on the outside yeah. is like just this dumpy old, It is
1: this dumping, peeling, walled, like, you go in through grandma's grocery store on the first floor, and I would never have expected it to be as beautiful, stunning, nicest place in ages that we were. And also, not only that, but they had both vegetarian and non-vegetarian snacks on their little calendar with the kettle they had like instant noodles with vegan and non vegan options and they were just like, you know, take them. Like it, if you want to if you want to eat them, they're there for the taking. If you don't want to eat them, you're welcome to like take them in the morning to go for the next day. Like
0: Wow. So yeah, so so now. by now, you guys are you guys are almost back home in Italian, yeah. basically. So you haven't had any leg problems or bike problems since like Louis? Yet. Or have you had any yeah. like other issues uh no sorry not louia since since raceway you guys have been smooth sailing on your on your bikes and your legs had no issues since then
1: yeah legs had no issues basically uh we were doing a lot fewer kilometers by that point by the time you were per day yeah per day like by the time pretty much by the time we left Twali, and we were looking at our schedule And we had given ourselves a full extra rest day for the northeast coast. Maybe we would leave the bikes in Geelong and go up to Pingxi and, like, spend a day exploring there on the train and, like, set off sky lanterns and stuff like that, right? Like, that was a Uh, thought. Yeah. Yeah. But by the time we got there, at that point, um, the newspapers were all about how the North is full of COVID right now, and there's local cases and people are worried and that kind of stuff. Like, why don't we just go a few fewer kilometers per day? So instead of doing like the 80 kilometers that we had planned, we were doing like 60 kilometer days and doing fewer kilometers stopping sooner and just like, and that made it so much easier. Like the difference yeah. between doing 80 kilometers and doing 60 kilometers is the difference between sleeping well at night or not. Um, for me, it's good to pace like, yourself.
0: Good to pace yeah, you.
1: like I've got this smartwatch and it tracks the speed I'm biking at. It tracks my heart rate. It tracks like my energy levels throughout the day and that kind of stuff. And it also tracks my sleep. It gives me a score out of 100 on my sleep. And throughout this out of 20 days of TRIP, the first 17 days, my score was like 40% on sleep quality. Oh. Right. And Owens was, of course, like 80 to 90, um, being 15 years younger and, you know, being better at recovering because your body is better at recovering when you're younger. So his, his body, like he was getting these sleep scores of 90 and I was getting the sleep scores of 40. And, you know, there was much teasing going on of like, you know, well, maybe, maybe I'm just better at this than you are joking and teasing. Um, but then when I was doing like 50 to 60 kilometers a day, then I was finally getting sleep scores in the eighties and nineties. And it's but funny, then By
0: then was he tired?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. By then he was tired. Yeah. Yep. And. But it's funny because like all the way through this trip, like when the body gives you, when the watch gives you the sleep score, it like pops up a little note that says something like, you know, you shouldn't exercise so close to the end of the day. Exercising at the end of the day makes it hard for you to sleep. Um,
0: And you're all like, like, I know, but I have to go.
1: And I mean, well, I'm like 5 p.m. is not close to the end of the day. I don't feel like exercising at 5 p.m. should give me a penalty in my sleep score. Yeah. Because we were pretty much done by 5 p.m. every day, if not earlier. Yeah. Um, But if you're super tired and you go to bed at 7, then I guess it is close to the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, and then it had the balls to tell me on the very last day of the trip, give me like a 90 sleep score and say... The exercise that you did throughout the day helps your sleep. You should try exercising more. More? More. Wow. Which I was like, excuse me, you have been complaining about my exercise the entire 20-day trip. And now on the 19th day, you say that my exercise benefited my sleep.
0: I feel like that's one of us should make a pun about it being a smartwatch. But, you know, I'll say that. So, yeah. you guys, uh, leaving Keelung, or thereabouts, <laughs> did you go straight back to Taoyuan because of the COVID risk, or did you actually, like, go through Taipei or go through somewhere else, or what?
1: Uh, we went up the north coast around Shan oh, and. okay, so there's yeah. still more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we went around Shan and we spent the night at Danshui.
0: Was it just straight wind and rain, or did you actually get some enjoyable um, sights there, or...?
1: I mean, yeah, no, it was straight wind and rain. We pretty much did not stop. I took a picture as we passed uh, Keelung Port in the morning, taking a picture, pulling my phone out of the waterproof case to take a picture, because the waterproof waterproof biking case covered the camera. So I took it out of the case to take a picture. It immediately fogged up, and I couldn't use it for directions for the rest of the day.
0: <sighs> oh, ouch. That sounds yeah. like Keelung, though.
1: yeah. And so, basically, we did not take another picture pretty much that day.
0: It is is beautiful scenery, though. So, like, it's not really... It's not something that you should skip, but, I mean, it does rain a crap ton there up by, like, you know, like, what, Jinshan and Shiman.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, both of us had already been there. I had been there on my walking trip. Uh, He had ridden a bicycle up there before he had taken a U-bike from Taipei. So, like... Although the weather was a disaster, we were able to be like, you know, we have both seen this before. But we, what we did do was go check out the UFO village. Oh, I've
0: never been there.
1: Yeah, cool. yeah, I, I have been past there maybe a good six times in the past two, three years, and never managed to make it to the UFO village. Just whatever. I forgot that it was there as I was passing that exact neighborhood. Um, Do you want to tell so the time- what it is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't remember when they built it, but what, 80s, 90s? I don't know. Yeah, a while ago, somebody had the brilliant idea of building this community on the north coast of Taiwan of these houses in the shape of UFOs. So... They're basically like round alien houses on these little stick legs with tiny, tiny little holes for windows the size of eyes. And they just look like adorable little alien UFOs. And they like a like a
0: sci-fi comic.
1: Yeah, out of a sci-fi comic. Out of even like, you know, like the Disney I think Monsters Inc. little green aliens. Like they look yeah. like those. Yeah, and these are adorable little houses that they built and assumed that they would sell and have this community of hippies who would live there in these like little alien pod houses on the north coast and like most housing developments on the north coast of taiwan nobody ever bought them um no
0: because the weather is absolute crap and people like who they try to sell it to people who would like uh theoretically commute and work in taipei but it's just a little bit too far away for most taiwanese
1: yeah yeah like it's it's too far away to comfortably commute there's no public transit so you'd have to drive through the torrential rain and like
0: Shan is a huge mountain range or mountain area that separates that part from taipei so it like it doesn't look that far but logistically it doesn't work
1: and so yeah pretty much every housing development on the North coast has failed and has like all these abandoned homes and the UFO houses are no different. Um, There were two of them that were occupied when we were there with little signs saying like, this is a private home, no pictures, please in Chinese. So two of them are still occupied and the rest of them are basically just rusting UFO carcasses on the North coast. Yeah, they were really cool and interesting to look at. And again, torrential rain, miserable weather. We did not actually take our phones out and take a single picture of them while we were there. We just sort of enjoyed the creepy ambiance of this abandoned UFO village.
0: So then you said you said in Danshui the next day, Danshui of course still being on the coast. Did the weather lighten up at all or no?
1: Nope, nope. Uh, still miserable torrential rain. We Picked a random place to stay, called them up, found a place to stay, and we basically just got Uber Eats in yeah. and didn't really go out and explore because yeah. it's the big city and it was raining and, you know, everybody's being cautious for COVID, so we just stayed indoors. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then just back back to Taiwan the next day?
1: Yeah, yeah. Owen and I had a little disagreement about whether it was cheating to take the ferry from Dan to Bali or whether we had to, like... It, I'm cheating take the bridge across which would you know add an extra like 30 minutes of biking inland and then across the bridge and then back out again
0: the fact that you can take the ferry and pay with your easy card means it's not cheating
1: well i argued that and in the end i won the argument because it was raining and cold and it's kind of a more
0: direct route and it's like five minutes it's like it's it's not a really big deal
1: You know, 30 or 45 minutes off our bike. So, might be
0: the only ferry that is uh, in operation in Taipei. Like, there's there's just not many at all.
1: Uh, I won that argument and we did that. And um, we had not had coffee for breakfast in Danshui. We hit up a breakfast shop and basically just kept going. And Owen was like, you know, Owen is again in charge of directions and was insisting that we would find a place for coffee. And, you know, torrential rain Monday morning. I was not optimistic. Your best bet's
0: basically a family mine.
1: Yeah, but there was actually, you know, a side of the road, coastal coffee place between Bali and uh, Taoyuan. Yeah, yeah, just a little past the garbage Uh, incinerator. So we did get our coffee in the rain sitting on the coastal road there. Yeah, and then basically uh, past the airport and through some rice fields and home.
0: So um, we've actually been talking for, like, over two hours now about your trip, but I have uh, three concluding questions um, sure, for sure. The, the podcast and just to kind of wrap the whole trip up. It sounds amazing, and honestly, like, it's got me thinking, like, if I've, I've been here nine years, and I used to be a bit of a cyclist. Like, why haven't I done a whole bicycle huandao in any of my time here? So that's, like, one of my my first follow-up question is, like, what advice would you give people – Um, who are thinking about doing a bicycle Huandao in Taiwan?
1: Um, I guess you have to decide what your purpose is. Like, do you want to do it for speed and the achievement and having done it? Do you want to, like, have it be like a highlights best of tour? Or, like, are you doing it for exercise? Are you doing it for joy and pleasure? Like, what are you doing it for? Because that's going to change how you do it.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um, so what surprised you the most about the trip and about yourself on the trip?
1: Surprising about myself um, was just the whole like I can do this because I mean you knew me seven eight years ago and yep. I wasn't that active, right? Like no, that's I tried good to paint Yeah, like I tried to be, but I wasn't really all that sporty. And it's funny, as I get older, I'm getting more and more able to do challenges like this. Um, And that was kind of what I wanted, was to prove that I can do this, you know, to prove that my body can do this um, while it still can. Because, you know, at some point, like, you know, I'm in my 40s now. At some point, my body's not going to be able to do that anymore so I wanted to be able to do this while my body can. And I was really impressed with the things like I did keep going for seven days without a break and like make distance and keep going. And then when I needed a break, I really needed a break. But like I kept up with a 20 something year old on that, you know, it was really nice.
0: Good for you. Good for you. Definitely good for you.
1: Yeah. Um, surprising about the trip. Honestly, not too much, just because I've been here a while, and like,
0: yeah, you, you've you there... already walked around all of Taiwan, and scootered around several times, so,
1: yeah, yeah, so, I mean, like, there weren't many big surprises in things, um, there were things that, like, I want to remember, like, you know, things look so different from season to season, it's well worth going back to a place in a different season to see it again, like, You know, I remember one of my biggest um, memories of going through Hualien and Taroko with my parents was seeing all the fields of wildflowers on the side of the road. And we saw none of that now. And it would have been really cool to like show that to Owen as his first time exploring to be like, look at how they plant all these wildflowers in the fallow fields. Um, But it's the wrong time of year for that. Okay. So like the impression that you think you get of a place is completely dependent on the season.
0: Even yeah, in a place yeah. like
1: Taiwan that doesn't have as diverse seasons as North America has. Yeah, and I mean like Taroko as well, like Taroko Gorge, um, it was rainy while we were there, but it hadn't, it's not rainy season. It was very, very different. Um, like I've been there in a drought, I've been there um, after a typhoon, and I've been there like just on kind of a normal day and you know the river at the bottom of the gorge is completely different in those different yep. things
0: i've been there after uh, um uh, i don't know if it was after typhoon or what but after some some days of heavy rain and like waterfalls just appear in the hillside like as if they're just cut into the the, the trees as they line um the the mountains on the horizon and you're like oh I wonder if I might get hiked to that waterfall. Totally impossible. But yeah. they just appear on the horizon, oh, wow, and then they're gone.
1: You don't notice the seasons in Taiwan as much like in the city in the north, but they're really, really noticeable uh, in the countryside, in the mountains and stuff. And it was funny, like um, up at Alishan, there were like leaves changing f- color for fall color still left over from fall at the same time as already uh, the cherry blossoms from the spring.
0: That's like the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of neat to see that. So I feel mm. like I would gladly do these trips again just in a different season, although temperature-wise, I bet it's awful in yeah. the summer.
0: You don't want to be doing a bicycle fondant in the summer. That's, that's just stupid. Like, yeah. my God i've complained plenty about the heat in the summer on this podcast already i'll save it but like that would just be you just have to, to bring along industrial jugs of water just sweating so much all right so uh, last question um single best memory from the trip if you could choose just one
1: um i'm gonna go with honestly um seeing the sea turtles in Xiaoliocho. That was, I know it's not a bicycle day, I know, but like that was a new to me experience um, I haven't done in Taiwan. You know, like one of the ones that I added that was new to me that was really cool. And then I guess the other one would be coming down off of the road from Pingdong to Taidong, right? Like just the downhill section where we were really worried about whether we were gonna even get to the top of the road by dark. Like we were going up okay. and up and up and up and it was like, it was hard work and I was pushing and pushing and pushing and we really weren't sure we were gonna to get to the top by dark, before dark. And then we finally got to the top of the road around like 4.45 and we had like 15 kilometers to get down to Darren and the place to stay on the coast finally. yeah. And, you know, we were like, okay, well, it's taken us forever to get up here and it's almost dark. And I don't know if we're going to make it down there. And then just, it was easy, smooth sailing, just letting the bike do its thing. And it was sailing down at 45 kilometers an hour. Yeah, it's a reward. It's like, you know, I put so much effort into getting up that hill and I finally reached the top. And now just easy 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 sailing smooth sailing down it was just beautiful
0: yeah, because that, so that nice. road that stretches from from pingdong to Taidong it's like the majority of it is in pingdong so looking at the map now it's a more gradual incline two thirds of of the span of the land and then it's it's a sharp drop down into, Ta, into Taidong got down to Daren pretty quickly right
1: yeah yeah like we got there it felt like five ten minutes later it must have been at least 15 i feel like but yeah we got down there like really really quickly yeah and it was really but rewarding I, being able to speak chinese and just like arrange stuff yeah.
0: well um you really got me imagining planning a future bicycle kwan right now i don't know how many years yeah. it'll take for me to have the opportunity but i really want to like my longest bike trip, again, I was in my teenage years, was like, I think it was from Massachusetts to, to Quebec. So, long enough. Um, yeah. Probably not as long as a bicycle huandao but it sounds really awesome. Well, Hannah, it's been such a pleasure hearing all about your bicycle huandao. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing um, some pretty detailed experiences um, on all the places you went to in Taiwan on your bike trip. And I, I look forward to seeing some photos and hearing more about it from you when I see you the next time.
1: All right. Thanks. Yeah.
0: And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Dear Taiwan podcast. This is Minty teacher Joseph, and this has been Hannah's epic bicycle Huandao. We hope you enjoyed being taken on a journey all around Taiwan on a bicycle. Stay dry if you're actually riding this week. And once again, I'd like to thank my good friend, Hannah, for coming on the show and telling us all about her epic journey. And if you yourself have had any epic bicycle journeys all across Taiwan, We'd love to hear from you. You can shoot us a message at Dear Taiwan Podcast at gmail.com. We'd be happy to read some of your journeys in the next episode. Once again, that's Dear Taiwan Podcast at gmail.com.